Total Marmalade, episode 1. Billigam! We're very excited for our next episode of The Marmalade Show. I'm here with Leah Cleaver, and I am thrilled to have her on the show. She's got an incredible story that we're gonna get right into, but really quick, you can probably see that this is a gorgeous venue. We are in the chapel section of the House of St. Barnabas, which is in Soho, central London, and we are here to talk all about what Leah is up to, what she does on a regular basis, and what you've grown into over so many years. Uh, And that was a big reason why I wanted to talk to you. We've gotten to know each other, for a little while now and to be in this space to talk about what mission is i think this is just next level of what you do as well as what the space does i think you connect in many ways but your stories of how you've gotten there i'm really excited to unpack and hear more about it thank you for having me i'm so excited i'm so excited i've gotten to know you for a little while but i want to tell the story of how we met It was very interesting. Uh, So we're working a So Far show, and it was one of the first ones that I was really working, and it was one of the ones that we had outdoor. First show I worked outdoor, and it was in Hammersmith. We were at a brand new space, and it was at this open, beautiful little grassy garden area. Mm -hmm. And all the guys rocked up in the band that you're in, Zebedee, and they're like, yeah, we're here. We're here to play. I was like, okay, cool. Who are you? What are you doing here? Tell me more about the music that you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. Getting ready to set up the show and everything. And then in comes Leah like, hello, I'm here. I'm ready to perform. And it was your first show, I believe, back from COVID that you had done, especially so far, that you had come and done. And it was so beautiful to see from the moment that we had met. You're like, you know what? We're going to figure this out, whatever it is. Yeah. And getting up there. And I really did feel during that whole performance and that whole time that I was around you and the rest of the guys that it felt very warm. It felt very wholesome. And I think over the last few years of us getting to know each other, that's always what have stemmed from who you are. But I want to go back. I want to go back in time. Um, I mean, obviously here, you are all ready to go. You look beautiful. You've got such an incredible outfit. I love that color to you. But you really care about the different ways that you look and present yourself and how you are able to connect with people in that way. But you do it in a way to bring people in. Were you always like that when you were young? Was that like the creativity that you started with? Was it fashion? Was it music? What was that? And do you remember the moment that you remember being like creative in that setting? Yeah, I don't know. I think that I have always been very much like, if I'm like not feeling great, like whatever you wear is going to make you feel like 10 times better. And it's always like a dress up. And I've always had friends that are very much like, oh my God, let's just dress up. Let's just like see. And I, I think I live my life kind of how you mentioned earlier about like having those challenges of like okay I'm going here tonight what's the vibe like what do I have that like suits that vibe or I'm gonna go see this friend tonight and like usually they're kind of wearing this kind of thing and I feel like if I wear this and we're walking down the streets of Soho together we're gonna look iconic and so I feel like my brain has like always been like that Mm. and I think especially being a black woman with like hair and expressing myself through like having different hairstyles, like that changes your whole identity. Mm. So like having braids, having weaves, like having kind of like faux dreads, having the big shave that I did a couple of years ago. And I got to like bleach my hair and dye a bunch of colors. And then I grew out my Afro. And Mm. so I think I've always been very much like, you know, I think what you wear and like how you present is like definitely something that should be a part of your day as well as like anything else. I think it has to be at the forefront of like, you know, even if you're feeling rubbish, just like go and put on a great outfit. It's going to yeah. make you feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, it might not, it might not be a great outfit to other people, but I'm like, I feel, I feel like fire. So yeah. There you <laughs> I'm go. good. I'm good. It's like you're wearing, it's your uniform. It's your, it's your superhero outfit in a way. 1000%. And I think as well, the older I've got, the more I've kind of like stepped away. I think when I was younger, it was like, well, you know, as a lot of young girls do, like you wear a lot of makeup and that's kind of like your guard and makeup is amazing. And I love that. And I love the artistic side to that. But I think the older I've got, I very much enjoyed being like, you know what? Like, I just want like a fresh face and my hair popping and like my nails fresh. Like Mm. you just go through phases or like, I just want to be like, I want to have a beat face like every single day. Like... I just think it's so fun and Mm. it's just all of those things tie into each other like doing my hair getting my nails done like 
putting on my jewelry it's like all like extremely creative and mm. I think you know if I'm having like a meh day and I like say in bed all day which I did this weekend I went out I had a really great time happy Easter yeah and um, I was with my family yesterday and I was like dressed up to the nines and my family were like okay cool but like this is a lot and I was like I know I know but I feel really good and they're like great <laughs> so I think that's always been my thing yeah. having it for yourself first is yes. important yeah for sure so when you were young was that a big part in discovering who you were was it other types of creativity is there a moment in time that you remember being creative or someone telling you that you were super creative yeah I mean so I had a pretty crazy growing up like a pretty crazy childhood and my mum passed away when I was five and I never knew who my dad was and it sounds really crazy and sad and it was at the time but I was really really young I was five and I was raised by my aunt who was a lot older she didn't have any kids she was a bit of a spinster and she decided she would kind of take me in and do all that and she didn't drive and she was very much like old school East London vibes and so she was very much like you will never be bored you have everything you need because only one of you I don't have any siblings um so it was always like drawing and writing and painting and play-doh and I was really lucky because it was just one of me and she didn't have any other kids so I had a lot of stuff I think it was very much like you're not going to just sit and watch tv so I would just draw and I loved it and I loved like making drawings for her and for myself and writing little stories and I just remember from like a really young age like all the photos of me are always me like at my little tiny desk like drawing um my uncle he draws a lot like I think it was always like in our family just to like be expressive and I think because I grew up with my uncles it's quite complicated whenever I explain my family situation to new people I usually get out like the cutlery set like this is the knife my nana this is the fork my granddad blah blah blah. so it was a mishmash of like a lot of different people um but even though the craziness kind of happened at a, a young age I had like a very normal childhood after that so like my nana who was my mum's mum she had she has two sons and my mum my uncle and so I was kind of raised with my uncles as like the tomboy and we all like mishmashed in so it was like mud pies WWE Monopoly Lego and so I just had a very I was still a 90s baby so you would just go and play and you would just find things to play with and my nana has always been such a like so for example there's I think there's like six younger grandkids now my nana's only 61 and so I love birthday parties and I love any kind of pies and I think it comes from her because it's like Valentine's Day you have rose petals everywhere and everyone gets a Valentine's Day card and everyone gets a little rose mm. Easter you have Easter egg hunts mm. if she finds out it's like your half birthday she'll go and find a birthday cake and be like have it so it was always like very creative as a family and I don't remember really ever sitting around and like watching TV it was always like let's make something and let's mm. do something and very so intentional it seems was very like you had a lot of this is what's going on now like how can you express yourself in your yeah, way and how we do our thing it was always like it was I mean I remember like being at my nana's and having like my bunk bed there when I would stay so I would stay full time with my aunt who was um my mum's great auntie but then the rest of the time I would stay with my nana who's my mum's mum and they're all Irish so like I am literally the black sheep in my family so I, I don't know my Caribbean side which is my dad's side so all my family are like white and Irish or English so it's like great but it's wow. hilarious yeah and so but I remember like staying in my nana's house and she had this great big bookshelf and it was always like, okay, what do you want to read? Like, what do you want? And she had like everything. So she had like all the um, Mr. Men's and all the Disney's. And it was very much like, I remember being very excited by like, okay, well, what do you want to read? And and even now I see her, like she's 60 years old and like the games she makes up with these kids and you can see that so, and I'm like, I remember that. Cause she's like, I'm, you're not coming around here. I'm watching television. I'm like, let's play. And yeah. so it was always a very like playful childhood and, what can you create and like make something for me and like and then you know it'd be the best thing ever it'd be like sticking two lollipop sticks together and they'd be like wow um 
But then also on the same side, like my granddad, him being from Dublin, he was always very much like, well, that's a bit rubbish, but try again. So my Nana was very much like, wow, wow, this is great. But my granddad, you know, when I started making music, it would be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna show Nana and granddad. Nana would be like honest, but like basically like, that's amazing. And granddad would be like, not as good as the other one. And so, but I think that's important from like a really young age to be like, have that honesty. So creativity was a big part of mm. growing up, mm. which was really fun. I think it's really beautiful that you can express yourself in so many different ways and and your family was supportive in that. Mm. With It felt like an army of people were just coming around you and surrounding yourself, which is so fortunate in so many ways. And I'm sure that you appreciate that endlessly. Yeah. Is there one craft that was your go-to craft that you... Where was it Play-Doh? Was it Legos? Or was it WWE? I have a feeling it wasn't. <laughs> I think, so when I was really small, I think it was always drawing. Cause I was very good at just being like, it, it probably wasn't even that good, but mm. it was just like, okay, we'll draw this chicken. And I'd be like, and it would just be like, oh look, she could do it. And it was, I just felt, like, felt very comfortable with that. And I just thought it was so, like such a fun thing to do to like have something in your mind and then be able to draw it out and then you can stick up on the wall and you're like oh that's so nice so it's always drawing visual Mm. i mean it connects to what we were just talking about earlier of like visuality for you is so important in how you represent yourself yeah for sure and when you think about the drawing of things no matter what it is it felt like it was so proud for you that you were able to share all of that so it's really interesting when you're young and that one thing that you may not really understand what is a big part of you Mm -hmm. you're able to really pull it away and it makes a massive home for the rest of your life and what you think about in so many ways yeah definitely like in lockdown i was like okay what am i doing Mm. and so i just started painting again and we lived in a flat that was nice, but it was like loads of white walls, very, very white. And I was like, okay, we need some color. This is like already the world is depressing. Yeah. And so I basically listened to Suzanne by Nina Simone um, for like three days, like on a loop. I just like got into this headspace and I was just painting and I painted so many things and I hadn't done that for years. Mm. And now they're like, I moved into a new flat, but they're all everywhere now and I'm like, I think that's really cool to be able to be like, oh, I did that. I can mm. do that if I wanted to. That's mm. beautiful to have the freedom that you can express yourself where you see blank, where you see where there yeah. should be color, there should be something, an image, or something that just makes you pop. Yeah. You don't realize it, and you see it in such a different way. I think so. I think just also like just sitting still and being like in that mode for like a really long time. Like I'm not very good at that, mm-hmm. and no one asked me to do that I just was like I really want to do it so I just did it and that was great and I I think that like I try and put myself back in that state and you kind of can't force it you kind of just have to be in that mood where you're like I'm gonna just do this and because I kind of can't stop and start it it like has to be almost like start at 7 p.m I'll finish at like five in the morning I'm like okay I'm done I have to do it now for six months like I'm done now like this is done session one yeah. session yeah done. It's no like, more. I'm done. I'm good. yeah <laughs> and then you feel relieved and you get it yeah, out and no, you're able ex- to move exactly. along after that yeah i know myself i put it down and it'll yeah. be there for weeks so i just don't put it down wow <laughs> i mean that shares so much about how you probably also get into music and sometimes maybe does that get boring at times yeah where you're writing and you're writing and writing but uh-huh. then when that concept may not be relevant in that exact moment is it hard for you to then grab it back and keep working on it yeah I think or it, it depends it, I don't know I think like it can be but I think now I'm really good at being like don't like it can, that can be a childish way of thinking because I'm like no 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 like we were in the mo- like the mode and for some reason we had to stop the session ended or whatever so like we just have to get back into it because if it's a good song or if yeah. it's a good idea like so it's really, it is really, really hard. It's kind of like working out, like exercising. Like, mm. okay, that felt really great. Now do it again tomorrow. Like you can actually do that. Mm. Um, but that can be really hard to like stop the flow and then be like, oh, never have I do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know. it's, yeah, it's not easy. I mean, it's no. creativity fitness in a yeah, way. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. And like I said, I'm not very like, it's funny because I think 
me and Zebedee as a band, we're so different, but like we've become so similar. Mm. So we have now got to this level of knowing each other for years where we're just kind of all like, let's just take a little break. Let's just go have a little snack. Let's yeah. just like, because we can like feel the energy is like withering or we're just a bit like, it's fine just to like not mm. feel like we're in a rush and just mm. be like, I think we're all getting a little bit gripey each other. So mm. let's just go outside, breathe some fresh mm. air. Like, you know, I think whereas maybe when we were at uni, it was like, no, you keep going until yeah. the banger is finished. And then you've actually just kind of like, your ears are ringing and you're like, yeah. I'm pretty, you know, I'm stressed now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it yeah. adds up over the time and the period. It does. That, like years and years and years that it mm-hmm. just continues on. Yeah. You feel that. Yeah, you feel growth and mm. and people grow in so many different ways yeah. and hopefully when you're creating something it doesn't just is that only thing that you're doing you yeah. find other passions or interests or work or collaborations that you're able to kind of fill that out a lot more yeah of who you are as a person Definitely. so when you're working and creating with somebody else everyone can't continue to grow at the same pace exactly it's not human and everyone hears things differently and i think i'm realizing especially with music i think with a, a lot of things actually just leave it to cool down and then you're gonna see it from such a different perspective like perspective is everything yeah agreed. like and i try and do that i try and like apply that to everything in my life like if i'm stressed about a situation or if i'm sad or if like or even if I'm like, oh, I don't even know. I, I just always try and say, right, let's just like give it a minute. Let's give mm. it a day and then reassess. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to like creative things, you come back and you've got like a fresh pair of eyes or mm. you've maybe listened to like a new song or you've mm. heard something on the bus or you heard someone say a phrase. You can apply that then yeah. to that thing. So I think, I think in life we always feel like we're in like a massive rush. And so when you when you're around people and you're in a situation where you feel like you can take your time, mm. for me I feel like that's what like I get the best out of. I get the best out of myself being like, no rush. Let's like if we have a time frame and a deadline, that's different. But if we're creating, mm. let's just do that. Mm. It's kind of nice. When it's so nice. What else in life at times? other than creativity and trying to create art. Mm. Do you not feel like there's a deadline, but only a deadline that you set? Or a a deadline that is set because of your actions of setting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not much other things in life that is able to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but with the freedom becomes so much responsibility. Yes. To be able to actually put out work. I know, because you're your own boss and you're your own critic. And you're also like, you can either be like, this is amazing and it's like, I like obviously everything is subjective which is why it's incredible but yeah. there's also that element of like right can you convey this lyric mm. better or like are you pushing yourself enough have you pushed yourself too much and actually that first take was amazing and not mm. the 58th take that you did mm. and that's why I think bringing in outside people like I always show friends and family music and Obviously, I, I take everything they say with like a level of respect, but also like we have different tastes, and I have to also trust myself. Yeah, I think I don't know about you, but when you submit anything, like I feel like the last words are like, "Oh, go on." Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like right. This is. Yeah. It's just like, oh, do you yeah. know what? I've worked hard, and I think yeah. it's good. Just go on. Like, yeah. So that's it. Like, like you just like throw yourself off and just like it'll be fine and see what hits and see yeah, what comes no, about exactly you have to trust your taste well it's really great that you trust yourself and i think yeah. that's that's a big core of being able to put out art and mm. do create creative type of work and mm. express yourself in a lot of ways and yeah. having that type of art i mean this is in a way my type of art where i'm able to facilitate and get to know you a little bit more of what drives you in those ways yeah. but when you're creating physical art in a way of music uh, drawing, painting, whatever that is, or whatever different type, I mean, with the technology now, you never know what type of art is out there at the I moment. Know. Which I think is really beautiful. Uh, but at the same time, it's so much more responsibility to understand how do you present that. I know. But when you look at social media now and you're just putting out what it is, mm-hmm. it's almost like volume of just expressing yourself in little increments yeah. is almost even better than a final product at times. So it's such Definitely. a. It's a very chaotic world. 
now that we it live is. in. But it also, I think, shows the beauty of people who want to grow mm-hmm. and educate and learn about yeah. themselves in a lot of ways. Definitely. And I think that, like, ultimately, you can keep up with everything that's going on and, like, three-second reels and ten-second this and, and all these effects and all this, like, fancy gear. And that all can help. But I think when it comes to music and art and podcasts and anything really like you just have to be authentic mm. and i think mm. that people try to overcomplicate being authentic and like it can be a difficult state to get into like talking openly and honestly or like yeah. you know revealing things about yourself but i just i think that that's always the way to go because people will be like oh my god i really really relate to that mm. Mm-hmm. And I and I just think that we live in a day and age where like people can be quite cynical and be like, I'm just like not buying what they're giving. I feel like it's you know I just yeah, think yeah. we're more like that. So I just you know I think you just have to put it all out there and go well, this is this is me. Yeah. So, oh, and and, <laughs> I, and, I, and it's a lot of work that you put into mm. yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you feel, I mean, then you're kind of cheating the system in some ways. But yeah. I, you know that word of authenticity is a massive word that everyone talks about a lot and consistently keeps circling back and forth. And I think now that word is even being challenged on what that yeah. means. But the core of the conversation that I really wanted to hear more about of of why you're doing what you're doing and just kind of hear about a moment, maybe one moment, multiple moments, but. Uh, you've gotten involved in some incredible shoots, photo shoots, and done some great work with a lot of different brands and a lot of great people, as well as created a group that facilitates incredible community within women and conversations and community in that lens so that people actually feel that they're not alone at times. But was there an exact moment that you can think about or an exact situation that you said, this is the moment that gets me going that I really need to do this almost I think there were like so many small tiny moments throughout my life where I've been around women especially and even from a really young age like speaking to other women in in a way of being like oh you look great you look beautiful and I remember my nana being like oh don't look at me I look like and I just that was it's really sad but I remember that was always the kind of like language I would have with like elder women in my family of like I look like this I look like this and you're just a kid and you're like well I think you look beautiful yeah and then getting older and like kind of gravitating towards these women that you're just like oh wow like you're great like let's be friends and like let's also like raise each other up so I think there were so many of those moments but I remember last year I went on a trip it was the first time in my life I went on like an all-girls trip Mm. and it was like every cliche imaginable but it was incredible and it was weird because it was like some of my best friends some of my close friends and some people that I weren't so close with but I think I live my life by that a lot by just being like let's all mesh together I I love that and so it was like eight of us on this trip and we kind of just stretched from every kind of I'm feeling anxious about this. I'm feeling in my head about this. I'm like really experiencing this right now. And people I'd never thought, people I knew really, really well. And us being together, alone, as women, supporting each other. And it was beyond the hype of like, let me take this photo and you look amazing. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it was really like, I I was experiencing a lot of anxiety last summer. And I remember speaking about really specific things of my anxiety thinking no one would ever relate and they were like oh no I've had that oh no I felt that and I feel this Mm. and I was just like damn like this is really you know I've spoken to maybe you about this because I thought maybe I'm the closest to you in this moment or you but like we're all together and we were so vulnerable everyone was sharing and no one was making us Mm. and and for the whole week it was like that and it wasn't even like this you know this sad judging I thought this it was also just joy and like crying and like happiness and absolute sisterhood it Mm. was just incredible Mm. and it couldn't have been more beautiful and I'm so proud that maybe our mums or aunties or grandmas never had this and so one of the girls on the trip my best friend Beth we were just like we need to like replicate this when we Mm. go home like this needs to be replicated these are common 
common themes and uncommon themes that like thread and tie women together of all genders of all sexuality of all class like and it's sad that maybe you feel like you can't talk to anyone else about it other than your bestest friend or your sister but you're around women all the time And, and, and I just think that after that trip we came back and that was I think in like July and we were like, let's start a women's circle. Mm. Like we want to talk about these niche things that actually are not niche. Mm. And I think it's a big British thing, especially of feeling like you don't want to give too much of yourself away. And like, mm. because of just the way that the world churns out, I think the system can make women turn against each other. Mm. Or like you, you're paired with women in, in your category, if you're super slim, if you're super white, if you're super middle class, if you're a black working class, and it's like, mm. we have to evaporate mm. those sectors whilst appreciating that they all exist. And we have to, like feminism, you have to look out for everybody. And I mm. think that like, there's too many like subcultures of what feminism is. And I just don't think that that, is helpful to the bigger picture mm-hmm. so we were like let's let's get in my living room and let's invite eight women and let's just talk and let's just hope that they talk back and oh. they did and it was great wow so take me through now is can you tell me a few moments since then in your circles that you've done events and brought together that really really come to the, the front of your mind of this is this is why this is why we're doing it. Oh my gosh, there's been so many. Like I instantly, as soon as you said that, I felt like I wanted to cry because I was just like having a flashback of like all the beautiful circles we've done. So I think our very first one was so special because I think when you share nervousness with somebody mm. in something brand new, it makes you so close. So like me and Beth have been best friends for like seven eight years and we have done a lot of firsts together like a lot of very scary firsts and we had never done anything like this so the vulnerability of like oh we can talk to our friends and i can talk and like i feel like i'm comfortable doing that but they're gonna be sat here and and what if they don't talk back so i think that's it that's a real you know exactly scary thought to have and there's like the silence but i i think from the get-go we said if one woman shows up it is a woman's circle and so that was mm. our floor. That was our that was our base floor of wow. like that is a women's circle, right? Yeah. And we have to hold ourselves accountable of this isn't just us speaking out on Instagram or to our friends. Like this is us creating a safe space for them to feel like you don't even know me. You don't even you, this is a new place you've never seen. This is my f- like living room. Mm. And so it's all about being so vulnerable but knowing like I've got you. And so the first circle we sold out in like a day and we were like, okay, wow. And, and so the one person arriving kind of like came a, a little more scarier when there was going to be more people. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so I just remember me and Beth, like opening up the room to our discussion point. And I don't remember what it was about, but I just remember we didn't get a word in for the rest of the evening. And we were just like, and these women were just talking and bouncing off each other and they and it felt like they needed it and we needed it and we were like this worked this is good this is great Mm. and so from that point we were like okay we need to actually make the circles a bit smaller because Mm. we want them to feel like everyone can come in and feel like they get the chance to speak we were like this is you know a good formula so Mm. we had one at christmas and i am not a big fan of christmas kind of stresses me out it comes with a lot of like pressure and i was always very much like am i just like a humbug let's you know let's just do almost like um it was like a week before christmas when everyone goes away and it was a bit like a we're gonna give you a good luck pack so like this is what you do if your racist uncle starts talking at the dinner table Mm -hmm. this is what you do if your mum starts telling you you've had too much to eat this is what you do if you feel like you need to have some time upstairs away from everybody and you Mm -hmm. and and it was of this very honest place of like, I don't know if anyone's going to relate. I, I, Christmas is universally loved. Yeah. So they turned up and we spoke about it. And it was, I think, one of the only circles where like nearly everyone cried. 
and we all like held each other at the end we always end on just like the person to your left or your right just like give them a cuddle like you've just shared and there's nothing nicer than like if they want to like physical touch of like an embrace of like wow you were just so brave and you have just helped everybody like this isn't me and beth hosting and talking at you like we're here to facilitate you and it's really interesting because it's got to the point now where we don't know most of the women but a lot of the women that showed up for that particular circle and me thinking I know about them I know about what their Christmases look like from the past or their families and then they speak and you're like everyone Mm. has their thing and it's about tapping into those topics of like well that's a bit taboo or like you know that doesn't seem like it's bad enough to talk about or you know it might not happen to everybody and I think that's why so many topics go untouched because it's like that's so niche I don't want to speak up about it I don't want to rock the boat and it's like honey like we're rocking the boat together like fully together yeah and it was you know moments like that and coming together for International Women's Day we partnered up with Sofa Sounds which was Mm. like we had a little checklist before Christmas of like, who do we want to work with? What do we want to do for the new year? Yeah. And obviously Beth is like a queen at Sober Sounds. I don't even know her official title. It's like, she's like Chandler from Friends. And I'm like, she's like the head of sound. And Beth's like, yeah. that's not what I do. <laughs> like, I don't know what you do. But she makes it happen. She makes time. it happen, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. doing that and being, you know, working with Sofa, who I respect and have worked with so much and being able to like, curate a gig Mm. and gather these women and oh that was just incredible like to a big audience every time we like like have a bigger audience or like more reach or people are like asking oh you've run out of stickers can I get a sticker or can I get a postcard or like what's your thing I'm like oh my gosh people like actually are interested yeah and that's like that's really what it's about Mm. well and it's really easy to put it online Mm. and have people like and comment but what you've just shared there's so much depth to what you're doing that it really is take everything that we normally do on a regular basis throw it out the window Mm. come back to the roots of who we are as people especially women and being able to be in a space where you're able to facilitate these things you're able to open up and have have meaningful have meaningful intentional conversation that most people probably didn't know what they were going to speak about before they entered the room yeah for sure like i think the first couple of women's circles we did there were a few women of color and it was very early on it was a discussion of i actually had some reservations coming here because i thought i'd be the only women of color and like me and beth are very aware of the fact that you know there are pockets of feminism and usually people stick within those pockets and we're very like we're best friends we have come from completely different places Mm. and discussing those differences and being a part of it like you know even the white women that were in the circle and, and we had a friend of ours come and she was like by the way like while we're on this topic like if you ever want to like if anyone wants to ask me anything, if there's ever been like a weird taboo question or like if you you think something, if you have a, like a black friend or a person of color in your life that you feel like, you know, you want to discuss certain things with like, ask me, like this is a safe space. And that's actually so rare for like, she wasn't even hosting. She was just there and she was just like, I understand that. I feel like you all, I don't want you to come in here treating me slightly different because you know I'm one of the only black women in the room yeah and the fact that like she was almost hosting her own huh. her own circle and to be like this will make me feel like I can trust you all more but I also get that like I, I am black and I'm a black woman and it's not like it's an elephant in the room but we have to break down these barriers like there's no point you speaking to your other white peers about questions for black people mm. this is a space where it's safe and i thought oh my gosh this is incredible and i we said to her after we were like thank you and she was like i don't know what compelled me to do that but i just felt like i was bonding with these women and i know that like these are questions and things that they have wanted to ask but maybe had never been in a safe enough environment to be like does this sound awful or at worst the r word and am i going to be cancelled and it's like we live in a world where we're so afraid of like speaking out of turn Mm. 
and I honestly just believe like like I said like I am the only black person in my family me and my family talk a lot about my blackness mm. and without any kind of like I don't want to I want to talk around it and I think that's what we want the women's circle to be so in all these ways I think the fact that she did that I thought oh wow I could do that too and Beth was like you should do that and I was like I'm like inspired by these women like all the time so it's weaving in and out of like all of these we never went into it being like this is going to be about politics and and the I don't know feminism and it was just about like topics but then you actually get into it and you're like well, these these are the topics yeah this is like everything like we have to accept and respect and and know more and mm. know more than more and like it's you have to be more than an ally you have to be interested and you have to be aware and you have to be like joyful in the way that you're like speaking and asking and so mm. I think like I just feel like when things like that happen, I'm like, wow, this is incredible. That's true power. It is. It really is. But it's the work that you've done to be able to set the right people in the room. Mm. That it's well. about having the people wanting to be there. Yeah. Because if you told someone to come, the conversation, you never know where it can go into. But it all kind of stems because you and Beth needed that feeling again is that kind of where it stems from that you looked at each other and were like we want this we need this more or is it a little bit more in the service of others I think it is more in the service of others just because so me and Beth met when I was 17 and I'm 26 and we lived together for like six years mm. and I just don't know why I think she'd never met anyone like me and I'd never really had a friend that was exactly like Beth and we really were from like different kinds of places but we just like connected like so much and there was this like unspoken thing of like we will never call each other ugly or fat or, or what no sorry we will never allow ourselves to call each other ugly mm. fat we will never be like you look like this like I, we will never allow that kind of talk in our mm. house we will never it was almost like we were very militant of like slay 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 respect yourself respect your body whatever mm. shape whatever mood whatever cycle and i just don't know where that come from because it was really like me and her obviously we had a bunch of other friends but it was it was just a sisterhood of like she kind of left two sisters behind in Surrey and mm -hmm. you know she missed them a lot and I kind of just felt like I don't know it was just like right place at the right time of us just being like oh we're each other's like hype women for life and so we kind of made it this mission not even a mission it was like we would make new friends and then we'd have these be really beautiful conversations and we'd like look at each other afterwards and be like, damn, like, or they'd be like, oh, you make me feel really good about this. Or like, I, like I had a really great chat with you the other night and I'm like, oh my God, I've been having these chats for years. Like, why are you saying this about yourself? Why are you thinking this? Like, yeah. society like puts so much, like it's not even pressure. It's like literal, well, if you get to this certain age, like, you're done. Or like, if you put on any weight or if you're too thin or like, it's it's literally out there. The expectations. And the expectations just and just the- Getting like, higher and higher too. So we, I was just always very much like, well, we have to eradicate that from our language. Mm. People might say things or like, you might feel certain things, but like, if you're like internalizing that yourself, you've already lost. So I think we were very much like, we were really excited to be like, oh, we know how we treat each other as women because we always have. Yeah. So we like, let's just meet more women mm. and encourage them to, for us to not only do that to them, but like them do that to each other and women that they don't know mm. and the conversations they can have, they can go away and maybe say to their best friend, like, oh, I like... I had this circle the other day and I, you know, you need to stop doing this to yourself. Like you need to, like, we need to reevaluate this and we need to like love ourselves more. And I think it's not, not keeping it within your circles. It's about being like, tell the woman on the street, she looks gorgeous. Tell the Instagram model that like really intimidates you in some way. Like she's made your day. Like tell your mom, she's like doing amazing mm. and her body is great. Like don't shy away. Like, Mm. from talking about these things because i think we put women in categories of like well that's your mom that's your grandma yeah. that's a 17 year old 
we have nothing in common. It's like we are literally all women. Mm. We have everything in common. Mm. <sighs> that is, it's very powerful. And I said that earlier, but I want to reiterate that of what you do. It comes so internally with that drive and understanding of why you're doing this. And most of the time, you don't sit down and write a plan and say, this is what we're trying to do, but it's through total emotion and, and total give. But I also think it stems from how you grew up in so many ways where you just did. And you did it with around people that you knew wanted to be there for the most part, but you knew you were going to make a difference with those people and you knew you were going to touch those people. I think it's really beautiful. What I gathered so much from that was the word positivity and just strictly positivity. Uh, and as you're sharing so much about the women in your life, the women and the people that you surround yourself and it, it fuels what you do. I mean, woman in my life, my mom was a massive influence for me. And when you were talking so much about positivity, 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 uh, I grew up and my mom had one real slogan that she really wanted us to know about was you get to choose your attitude. You get to choose your attitude on so how you good. look at everything. Nothing mm -hmm. else matters. Nothing else you get a choice with, for the most part, but how you look at it in perspective. Yes. But you get to choose how you feel about those things. And the majority of the time, instead of being negative, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. That's why they say when you frown, you're using so many more muscles than when you smile. There's less muscles that you're using. It's much easier to do that. And, and why can't it. we? Why can't we? Exactly. And I think that, like, I'm not naive to the fact that, like, you, not everyone has the resources all of the time to, like, exude that positivity. I understand that, like, there are so many people in our society, in our world that need, like, extra liftings up and, and we need to appreciate that everybody is going through it in some different way and like the idea of equity we'd have to keep that at the forefront mm -hmm. but also I do think that just flipping a switch on certain little things in your life like there are some things that are in your control and out of your control but I definitely think like you have to go to bed with your head at the end of the night yeah and so I think just reminding yourself like I love who I am and I am beautiful and I'm mm. gonna just like try and be like the best version of myself and like everything else like I might need a little extra help but this has to like really come from me because if you start trying to get it from other things and other people I think you're gonna run out quickly mm. you know or like being reliant on that kind of love mm -hmm. I don't think that that is something that like has like longevity you know depending on else outside resources yeah, and 1, whatever that is I yeah mean, you never know i mean when you look at earth right we don't have resources to last us forever yeah. so we have to be able to find other ways exactly. where we have so if we're looking physical i mean we're part of we're part of the earth in a way right exactly so when you think of who we are as humans coming from within we have it we have it within us mm -hmm. it's then the training of the fitness yeah of being able to consistently keep going and keep going and keep going and finding that within it's so important i agree with Definitely. you it's I a think lot of work exactly it's like when people put you know how they feel and look about themselves on another person maybe their partner and it's like you know it's or on an ideal of like what instagram is or you know if they can fit into that certain dress again then that means that they've equated back to this time in their life whether and i just think that like all these kinds of ways that you try and like achieve love you when you really take the time and it comes from yourself you go like i am so powerful and then you can give these things nuggets of your love but you're yeah. like if i I have to you have to be in control like you fully have to be like in control yeah I have one last story that I want you to tell mm -hmm. you you're driven by music creativity all the time but the last thing I want to know is what else fuels you in your in your spare time as people say that you love doing what else gets you excited and or just something that makes you happy on a regular basis that may not be fully in music creativity or in the mission that drives you I cook. I cook. I cook. And I love it. Yeah. I love cooking. I feel like 
it's kind of I've always loved to cook but in lockdown it was like everybody like well we have so much spare time and I was like I need to get this like certain kind of like Dijon mustard because I need to make this slaw I was obviously losing my mind but I was like you know that was like it was like a fun mission of the day like where do I find this Dijon mustard in lockdown when I have like four hours to like go and find it before like all the shop shop and so I really I know it's like so cheesy but I do think like food is love Mm. and so especially that the new place we've moved in it is like perfect for like hosting and so I feel like cooking is where like my mind can relax I think it's so creative and there is like this joy you get from like watching people enjoy your cooking it's like when you give someone a present and Mm. like the joy of them like opening the gift and you're just like oh so that's what it is so I just I love to cook and I feel like hopefully none of my family see this they're okay at cooking I was like you know what I had three meals a day and it was amazing great people some people don't have that but it wasn't really like a cooking household it was very (laughs) much like steak and kidney pie like you know like again oh uh, yeah it's great yeah it's no, great. exactly and it, that's totally fine but i think that like we are in that generation of like especially instagram of being mm. like right it's a one minute video on how to cook the perfect lasagna and you're just like wow so i think that doing that the aesthetic of doing it on mm. like nice plates and it looks really good and then your friends come over so that's like a really fun thing like even if i make scrambled eggs and i'm like mm. giving it to my boyfriend i'm just like and he's like eating it like normally it's really good and I'm like and yeah. what else can you taste and he's like eggs and I'm like I can't get anything else yeah. so I love it I mean yeah. it's it's a fun fun thing I also love crockery I've become mm. that lady like Le Creuset if yeah. you're listening I would love some pots I'll, I'll model some pots for you but like you know what I mean all these yeah. things like it's really funny because it's stuff that like my auntie Maggie who is like a she's a legend she's like used to live in Barcelona she kept all of her coats from the 60s and 70s and 80s and she gives them all to me and she's just fabulous Mm. and so she loves like crockery and like nice cutlery and and that's just always been her thing maybe I get it from her but yeah if I like go to like a flea market and I see like a vintage like fruit bowl it done. I have too many fruit bowls. <laughs> too many fruit bowls. So if anyone would like a fruit bowl. If anyone would like a fruit bowl, I don't <laughs> know. Touch. I love them all. So yeah, that is like my happy place. Yeah. That makes me feel really good. I, at your core, you are so much in, in love, positivity, and I gather even more joy. You want to be able to bring depth of joy and positivity and knowing that life is beautiful. And it's all the perspective that you look at it that really dictates all of that. And I've taken so much from you in what you bring and why I felt it was so important that you continue to share your story with so many more people because you are such a role model. And I don't think that you know to the lens that you do, but what you do on a regular basis is share so much love and it's genuine and it is so genuine and it is about connecting with people. And I really appreciate you sharing why you do what you do and what brings you joy because you're able to then share that with so many other people. Thank you. Yeah, so I appreciate I appreciate it tons for being here and sharing a little bit more about who you are. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks this is your space me. and we've come into. Thank you. Uh, and we're in the house of St. Barnabas and yeah. your role is very integral that pe- probably a lot of people don't know all the stuff that you do, mm-hmm. but Jillian, thank you so much for letting us talk to you and thank kind you. of find out about the work that you're doing, which is so incredible at the House of St. Barnabas. Uh, so to get a little bit more into it, mm-hmm. how did you discover this place and why was this such a big moment to be able to be a part of this environment? So I came to find this place uh, when when the building was uh, was just starting to become a members club. I actually worked with the uh, the marketing agency that helped to launch it, mm. um, and at that time it was kind of you know lots of 
uh, crazy parties in the chapel, Giles Peterson doing some really interesting things. Um, there was a partnership with Rob DeBank and Bestival to make some kind of little festivals happen in, in, the, um, in the house. So it felt like it was a really interesting cultural space um, mm. at that time. Um, but really what drew me to, um, to wanting to kind of work here was understanding that there was a really important mission that sat behind it. So that was the thing that I kind of, I really remember 10 years ago and the thing that um, when I saw the, the opportunity to come and work here was the reason that I'm here today. When you were working with the marketing company and you mm -hmm. started finding out about this space mm -hmm. and how this space had so much depth to it of where it started mm. and you just spoke about the mission, yeah. is there was there a moment or an experience specifically mm -hmm. that you remember that mm. you just felt so drawn mm. to what this overarching, bigger process of what this building technically stands for? Mm. I think it's the, it's the undercurrent thread that... Um, so we, we turned 10 this year and it's still the thing that makes me feel so excited uh, to, to be part of, part of it. And that is, I think when we think about kind of the ingredients that make up a community, um, you know, it is really starting to build like a shared set of values or purpose, um, but kind of uh, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? A community is really built up of diverse individuals that mm. come together for something greater. And mm. I think that that's, the thing that I find so exciting about this place is that it is a community full of completely different types of people that are mm. all coming together for something greater. And mm. that's still the thing that kind of gets me up out of bed in the morning. And also I think, you know, say working with uh, So Far Sounds right through to say um, our uh, graduates that have just graduated from our employment academy mm. um, you are you all comprise part of our community and we're all working towards breaking the cycle of homelessness so that's the thing that mm. kind of that I'm really excited about and I don't think that there are actually very many communities like this in London yeah. um, and that is still the thing that kind of completely surprises me and my job now there is no day the same which I love too I mean I can imagine it's just <laughs> 10 years now of every day being that way, yeah. but how long this building has been here where the yeah. mission is to be able to support people who are homeless mm -hmm. or who are needing more support in their lives mm. so that they can continue to be adults mm. in a, a society mm. that London is, is a lot mm -hmm. and there's a lot going on in the city consistently. So having a space like this where it's so central in Soho must be an even easier gravitation for people to come to. So it's really great to be able to see like every day is different. Is there one day specifically that just you remember on a consistent basis that you smile and mm. reminds you of why you're here? I think it's often um, with the graduates. Um, so I guess to, to explain a little bit about what it is that we do. So we have a grade one listed building in, mm. in Soho, but this building um, since eight, well, was set up in 1864 as a homeless charity to help um, people and at that time it was a refuge mm. um, and so it's kind of it's built into our bricks that we've we've been helping people since then um, but then 10 years ago we set up as a members club um, but uh, sort of to, to answer that specific question I think there have been sort of a few moments where I can see the change in in the graduates that that we help now so we mm. run an employment academy um, now we had um, say somebody on our uh, program that we've just had where he um, had, he came in to, to be a chef in our kitchen um, and he was so proud of uh, making the um, the meal, I think it was a chocolate cake that he'd made uh -huh. that he then went and cooked it for everybody in his hostel, all of his friends, he learnt the recipe by heart and was kind of so proud of being able to kind of give something back to the community around him that that mm. was really special. Um, but chocolate I think, cake's a good thing and to, chocolate to, to cake do, is so. great, isn't it? Good but I think, I think that kind of that um, and that that's just kind of something that, that comes to mind now but mm. it is sort of um, we effectively use the um, the members club model mm. in order to break the cycle of homelessness which sounds bonkers and it mm. sounds it can sound quite clunky and strange but actually when you break that down it is about um, creating the best community that we possibly can around somebody um, and also um, 
reconnecting them with culture because mm. often that is um, if you're struggling to eat one of the first things that will will drop is your experience of culture so mm. you're not able to listen to music go to the theatre appreciate art and actually being able to kind of reignite the, spi- the spark in somebody's eyes mm. is about you know giving them somebody somebody one of the best chocolate cake recipes that there is mm. or um or doing a, a workshop with a visual artist um to help them to reimagine uh, their experience through art so that's often something that that really kind of um inspires me and also i think how we can use our cultural program to inspire people is is amazing i mean there's so much that you probably see on a consistent basis mm. that just continues to wow you with the amount of people that consistently come through your door mm-hmm. and members joining and wanting to be part of just this community through everything that you're putting on from the fun things mm-hmm. to the mission-based stuff to the people mm-hmm. who are involved in the programs mm-hmm. and is it a year cycle that people get involved in these yeah sure so um so we work with people on a kind of 12-week structured program where they do say tai chi is just as important as cv workshops they do jewelry making life drawing Uh, they have workshops that are yeah with our visual artists but also dj workshops Mm. they go to the theater so they they have such a well-rounded cultural program that our members get to Mm. um and then we put them into employment which is very structured and this whole kind of holistic um, approach is is also supporting them with housing giving them a mentor and we work with them in a very structured way for a year but then ongoing we will continue to work with them until we believe that we've broken their cycle of homelessness wow. and so for us it's about depth um, and making sure that we can change people's lives and we don't stop working with them until we have mm. yeah I mean you are changing someone's life mm. and you don't know how they got to the point mm. before they connected with you mm. so being able to potentially probably unpack that at the same mm. time is even is half of the battle totally. to be able to get to where they are now. How do people find you uh, to get involved in the program? Sure, um, so we work with a number of different referral partners mm. um, and uh, yeah, so it's generally from kind of the rich tapestry of um, sort of other other partners that there are in London mm. and I guess that kind of is this reinforcing idea of community again. So kind of our community helps us to find those people. Wow, I mean, London is massive, mm. and to be in a central location obviously helps. Mm. So people feel that they can come to a specific, like physical place, yeah, because that feels more supportive in some ways mm. or another. Uh, but the city just, I feel like, continues to grow more mm. and more and more. So there's so many more people to probably feel like you need to help mm. and be there for. But there's only so many resources that you can mm. get involved with to help. But that change from like the beginning to the end mm. must be monumental on a consistent basis. Mm. Is there one person or like mm. a moment that you either personally connected yeah. with? I think, I mean, it's, it's incredible how it is all of the people on the program because mm. people, and I think one of the things that we do really well is say, in, in any one program we can be working with sort of 10 to 20 people okay. and actually, they are all so different as are our members Mm. and the journey the personal journeys that they all go on are really really different um i yes i think it's it's quite difficult to like have uh, specific people or, or journeys i think something that so we work with a lot of people that have come from prisoners abroad for example um so they may have been let's say they've gone to prison in America and then they have just been extradited here straight away with nothing Mm. so we then kind of help to reimagine what their version of London is Mm. and that can be quite interesting because actually if we are the first safe space that they found Mm. this can be a really sort of um, inspiring first stage back into into a different world Um, and so yeah, that, that can be really inspiring. I can think of one person um, who went on to be a comedian, um, has uh, had an exhibition at the Saatchi uh, Gallery, so wow. has kind of really embraced the cultural part of what it is that, mm. um, is, that we could offer um, and sort of 
therefore connected to with us in a really interesting way but but that's not to say you know that's just as inspiring as somebody that has has gone on we had another person that was um has gone to be the first ever door woman at the Wolseley because usually it's a man um so so it can be really different I mean, the goal is just to have them on their two feet, mm. feeling that the independence is there mm. and they're able to support not just themselves, but anyone that they feel that they want to and have that choice of, mm-hmm. of that. Though, I mean, just those two stories, mm-hmm. which are in a way semi, like not polar opposite, but totally different worlds yeah, yeah, of yeah. what that looks like. But that is a massive, mm. I mean, those are great examples of all the hard work <laughs> that you do. Yeah. And um, it's that belief that probably you enjoy instilling in people totally but i'm sure it's not easy to be able to do yeah i think um and again i think this is kind of what comes back to our wider community Mm. um because i think the more that that we invest in the relationships that we have with all of the people in our community Mm. the um i guess the richer of the outcomes for um the graduates that we have that sit at the heart of that are Mm. um, and that's something that I think is really special and and to know that you know everyone from uh, somebody that comes to use our venue for their wedding or Mm. somebody that's just newly become a member or somebody that has come to so far sounds that hasn't yet become a member actually they are all helping be part of our community in different ways so that's really special wow I mean you do a a really well job of like getting (laughs) to know the community Mm. Uh, that's so great to be able to see who else can get involved and how people can just play a small little part Mm. in making that happen and I've gotten to know some of the other team that you have and the people here really just feel that you want to be here Mm. you want to feel a part of this Mm. and I mean it's the word community of of, of bringing everybody in in that way so I feel that every time that I come in here and why I want more people to be able to find out what you do and well, how you. they can get involved. And thank you for supporting us because, yeah, you are a huge part of, of our community and kind of helping us to spread the word to other people. So thank you. Great, great. Well, thank you for letting us come into your space and just showing off a little bit of what you do here mm-hmm. as well as just learning about the small integral parts mm-hmm. that make up the bigger the bigger piece yeah. of what this actually is. So that's really great. great. So thanks for being here. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thanks very much.